Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. All right, let's get on with the show. I have a question from Cindy, and I'm going to read it. She says, hi, Gina, I've come a long way in this journey, and then sometimes I feel like I haven't done a thing. Just this week, I was overly agitated, almost mad at everything. I've always been very sensitive, so when I realize I'm being angry for no reason, then I get teary. I've gone to therapy, I've read, I've journaled, and occasionally I go to the gym. But when I go through these downs... That's what it feels like. I get exhausted and mad. And then I fall into the traps of what if? What if it's bipolar? And what if it's depression? What if it's becoming more than the anxiety? Then almost like a bad joke, I go back to normal and I'm fine. My question is this. When you're doing your self-care and anxiety and mopiness or anger strike, How can we determine if we have done enough when this happens? Or if this is happening is because we haven't done enough. What is enough? I love your show and thank you for all you do. I greatly appreciate it. Cindy M. Cindy, thank you so much for sending your question in. I appreciate that you took the time to ask the question and to allow me to explore it with the others here on the show. The word that I saw come up over and over again, and which is in the title uh, of your email, and I made your title the title of the show, what is enough? Wow, I know. And isn't that a nagging kind of question that we, we find ourselves in that place of, is this enough? Another thing I hear a lot of, Cindy, is, am I doing it right? Did I do the right things? Is this it? What if? You, use, you used the what if statement in here a couple of times. And I love that you put quotes around it because it is what anxiety says, isn't it? What if? That's the dreaded question. So let's go through this here. And I want to talk about a few things that you brought up because you shared um, some of your background. You say that you've come a long way and sometimes feel like you haven't done a thing. Well, first of all, we It is a journey. And you know, when we have a downtime, often we forget that at all of what it feels like to feel okay or to feel good or on keel. And that will make us think, oh, I haven't, I haven't progressed at all. And that falls into the category of all or nothing thinking, black or white thinking. And we want to be cautious of that. So when that feeling comes up, Cindy, I would just take a step back and say, isn't that interesting? I seem to be, I seem to not be feeling well today or I'm agitated. And now I'm thinking I haven't done a thing. That sounds like black or white thinking. So if when you can put it in a little category like that, we don't feel so bad. And it also gives us a way of getting detached from it so that we can actually change it. You went on to say that just this week you were overly agitated, almost mad at everything, and that you've always been very sensitive, 
So when you feel like you're angry for no reason, you get teary. That is totally the sensitive person, right? Um, I can remember, Cindy, I'll share this with you when I was um, in, in my other life before I was a parent. I was a draftsman for Carrier Corporation, and I would be in the meeting with the other draftsmen and the designers and the engineers, and, you know, you're working on a project. I would have to do my input. I would say what was going on, and I was very sensitive like that, too. Somebody would say something that would make me mad because it was either my point wasn't heard or I wasn't I wasn't being able to express myself the way I wanted to. And it was difficult enough that it was a whole team of men and then me. But the other piece was that I would well up, my anger would well up into tears, <laughs> which was totally inappropriate for the moment. And it didn't help me trying to make my point. All of a sudden, I was, um, this is the early 70s, I was the weepy woman in the meeting. And that would only fuel my fire more, right? And that's exactly what happens. We're sensitive. And our anger very often can well up in tears, So don't take it to, don't like worry about it. Just know that that happens and that you're, you, you were sensitive. I have to say that I'm not that sensitive anymore. I don't, because I don't have so many unexpressed emotions underneath the surface. I've worked through a lot of things and I know you're doing that now too, Cindy. So have faith. It doesn't last like that forever. You will always be sensitive in that you will probably feel the world maybe more than a lot of other people, but you won't take it so personally and you won't feel that your emotions can't be expressed. Your anger can't be expressed. Um, like me, it, it would mine would come up as tears. I'm sort of getting that sense of that's what it was happening to you. You say you've done all these things. You've done therapy, reading, journaling, and occasionally go to the gym. And um, when you go through these downs, it, you get exhausted and mad. And then you fall into the what ifs. What if it's bipolar? What if, it's, if depression is becoming more the anxiety? I want to talk about that because... First of all, bipolar, it used to be called manic depressive. So you had both manic states and depressive states. Uh, Bipolar is a very specific thing that is happening. Um, It is not as common as people throw the name around or the word, um, the term, the diagnosis. Like, so just throw that out as your anxiety thinking. If you've been to therapy, somebody would have already flagged you and talked to you about that possibility. So I, you know, I would just let that be. Let it be one of those thoughts that just comes and goes. If it's something more than just your anxiety, it will be known eventually, but don't spend a lot of time on it. It's the anxious mind that wants to make more out of what's going on than what is actually happening. And then you go back into your normal life. Oh, but before that, you said, and what if the depression becomes, what if it's depression and it's more than the anxiety? Well, I wanted to share with you because this comes up quite often with private clients is that why wouldn't an anxious person feel somewhat depressed? Like if you have been anxious for a long time, there is a reason to feel down about it. 
I, it would be, it would be unreasonable to think that you would be happy or up about that. Carrying around anxiety panic for a long time is physically exhausting. It's emotionally exhausting. And there would be, it, you would need to be a saint or something to not feel some sort of depressed feeling or thinking around that eventually over time. I usually think that the if people who suffer with both anxiety and depression, that often the anxiety came first. Anxiety has a lot of energy about it. And depression does not. I think it's because we become so worn down from anxiety that we become having depressed feelings. And now this is a good place for me to insert the uh, my belief, which is that I don't see anxiety and depression as illnesses, as I know there are codes in the DSM-5 and they're broken down into a, a lot of other categories, but I see them as symptoms of something bigger. I don't, the depression and the anxiety go away when things are cleaned up, when the life is examined, when, uh, the, when your environment is cleaned up, your, uh, your thought processes are cleaned up, when you are able to have a spiritual connection, whatever it is for you that is lacking or hurting, uh, emotions can be expressed. There's a lot of different things it's different for different people. That's why we talk about a multitude of things here because what one person is really good at, somebody else is not good at and they haven't even added into their life yet. So my point is that I don't see anxiety and depression so much as illnesses or diseases. I see them as symptoms of something bigger. And when you take care of that bigger thing, the anxiety and the depression lift. Have you tried One Skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Anxiety is cleared after danger is no longer perceived at every moment. And so what we get deeper into what is that danger that is being perceived inside myself? Where is that coming from? And we'll get deeper into that in other podcasts. So I hope you guys will hang around. 
we didn't even get to your question yet. Your question is, when you're doing your self-care and the anxiety and mopiness or anger strike, how can we determine that we have done enough when this happens? Well, what is enough? Enough is enough. Enough is for the moment. Uh, you did enough self-care for the moment. It can't be pinned on a formula, Cindy. We can't say, I did X, Y, Z. So I did the gym, I did the journal, and I did uh, therapy today. So I should be, you know, good. Or what is the formula? Is it so many days at the gym? There is no formula. It's about repetition of things that take us into our parasympathetic nervous system. That's when it's enough. When we have lived in that part of our nervous system that we heal in, where thank goodness we sleep at night because that's when some of that healing happens also. And when we laugh, when we are enjoying something, when we are with people we love, when we are petting our animals, when we are having sex, when we are in prayer, when we are in meditation. These are all times where our parasympathetic nervous system is ignited and we have time and space to heal. When is it enough? It's enough when we get that harmony again of being able to feel stress, but not to go down the wormhole with it. When we can be on an even enough keel, but there is no formula. So the key things that we talk about that we want everyone to do need to be done. Whether it's whether journaling is going to be a, a big piece of it for one person, it may not be for another. Again, we talk about how different we all are and how different parts of us need to feel safe and out of danger in order to let the nervous system rest. So it's different for all of us. What I want to make sure that you understand Um, because this is a very common question, Cindy. And again, I thank you so much for sending it in. How can we determine that we've done enough? And you're referencing that because you had a bad day, because something came up and you were thrown into tears like I used to do or into feeling angry or grumpy. The reality is, Cindy, that those things don't happen because you didn't do enough. Those things happen because we're in life and we're going to have a lot of things thrown at us and our sensitivity doesn't doesn't tune down overnight. You know, I talk about the anxiety, the anxiety panic as being a monster at one point and then it becomes more of a shadow, right? It's like it's really not there, but we still see it. And then it becomes more of what I call like a ghost. It's you really, there's really nothing there. You're just getting a little, uh, something just wafted by you, like you, a little glimpse of it. It That is how it goes. It isn't like turning off and on a light switch. And so I, I want you to know that you didn't have that down kind of day because you didn't do enough. 
You you may want to play with what you're doing. You may want to add different things. But the reality is it's not about a prescription of just a list of things to do. It's about incorporating these things into our life so that this is how we live, so that we live uh, with meditation, so that we live with uh, foods that don't or drinks like caffeine that don't add fuel to our fire by by adding more adrenaline into our system it's we we just we play with it and it's ever evolving because we're always unfolding and, and we change so i love that you love the show cindy and i so appreciate you again sending this question in because you have done enough just keep doing it. It's one foot in front of the other. And self-care should not be exhausting. This is something I used to run into a lot when I had eating disordered clients who would, they either thought that um, the self-care that needed to cost money, that it meant massages and pedicures, or that it had to be a long list of things to do that was exhausting by the end of the day. It's not. It's actually about less. Relax, Cindy. You're doing great work. You're moving forward. You have good days. Keep going forward and keep refining. Keep, uh, uh, you didn't talk much about meditation and maybe we can talk about that in another email conversation. I so appreciate everyone being here. And now for today's quote. Acquire a firm will and the utmost patience. And that quote's from Ananda Maya Ma. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.